We have uh, one major candidate for president who is getting ready to announce. A lot of people are trying to wonder why Chris Christie is even bothering. He isn't doing well in the polls. Uh, well, we have some answers to that. Tomorrow, uh, we have the announcement that is scheduled by Mike Pence. He's going to be doing a rally with voters in Des Moines. He's putting his entire uh, campaign on uh, Iowa. Uh, based upon doing well in Iowa, because as we talked about yesterday, when we were talking about the whole history of the Iowa caucuses, uh, it's very regularly people who are deeply evangelical and part of that Christian evangelical base, which is very dominant in the Iowa caucuses, because remember, these are caucuses. It's not just people filling out ballots and dropping them in the mail or dropping them in drop boxes or even waiting in line, it's people actually going to living rooms and uh, encountering their neighbors. And the people who do that are disproportionately likely in the state of Iowa to be evangelical Christians, and they have helped uh, people like Mike Huckabee and uh, Rick Santorum uh, to do incredibly well with the Iowa caucuses and better than expected. And that's, I think, what Mike Pence is trying to do. He's trying to go through that lane. Uh, Christie is making the announcement, his announcement tonight, at a town hall at St. Anselm College at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's right after we get off the air. So we won't be able to actually follow up on his announcement. But uh, he... Um, recently called President Trump a coward and a puppet of Putin. And uh, and Trump already has a nickname for him, which is Sloppy Chris Christie. Um, I, I don't... I, this is like attacking Ron DeSantis for eating chocolate pudding with his fingers. Uh, I don't know that Chris Christie, who has a history of battling weight issues, let's face it... Uh, I don't know that he's particularly sloppy or noted for sloppiness. But uh, and meanwhile, speaking of childish name-calling, Governor Gavin Newsom of California, who, if there is any kind of mishap that takes Joe Biden out of the race, and that is always a possibility, it is one of those things where so many Democrats, and you can talk to them. People who are concerned about the Democratic Party are concerned about what happens with Biden because the normal thing that would occur would be he would be replaced by Kamala Harris. And there is a general knowledge on the Democratic side that Kamala Harris can't win. Uh, she can't win against anybody. She would be an extremely weak candidate for president. Uh, and in that context, uh, of among the governors who people talk about, they talk about Jared Polis in Colorado, who happens to be both gay and Jewish. That would be a first time for a major presidential nomination for anyone who is gay or for anyone who is Jewish, for that matter. Uh, Joe Lieberman was nominated for vice president. His presidential campaign in 2004 went absolutely nowhere. In any event, People look at uh, uh, a whole range of Democratic governors. They look at Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan, uh, Jared Polis of uh, Colorado, 
And, uh, and yes, of course, Gavin Newsom of California, the nation's largest state. And uh, Gavin Newsom uh, is doing some childish name-calling. He just called uh, Ron DeSantis a small, pathetic man. Uh, and he implies uh, that he will bring kidnapping charges over the latest immigrant stunt. It's an immigrant stunt that has been traced back to Florida and it apparently involves some Florida money from the state of Florida, money that is controlled by Governor DeSantis. This is to take a group of Latin American immigrants, and I am not sure, no one seems to be sure uh, about where they exactly are from, and then transporting them by chartered plane, which is expensive, uh, from Texas uh, to uh, Sacramento. And <laughs> the question is, why is Florida involved? Uh, who knows? Uh, Newsom seemed to imply that uh, DeSantis could be potentially charged with kidnapping in connection to apparently sending a group of migrants to Sacramento last week on Friday. This isn't Martha's Vineyard kidnapping charges, uh, wrote Newsom in a tweet in which he called DeSantis a small and pathetic man. Okay, and in terms of Chris Christie running for office, and uh, uh, he he's actually the first major political figure in the Republican Party, uh, the first candidate for president in the Republican Party when he was running for president in 2016 who dropped out right after his sixth place finish in New Hampshire. He had been banking everything on being first, second, or third in New Hampshire. He didn't make it. But uh, when he dropped out, that wasn't a surprise. What was a surprise was he endorsed Trump, and he was the first one to do it. And there are lots of people, especially looking at um, the, the fact that Governor Christie has become so critical of President Trump, particularly on some of the personal issues, some of the ethical issues that uh, surround the Trump candidacy. Uh, the uh, the idea that uh, Governor Christie would endorse Donald Trump very early in the campaign, and then he played a role in the Trump transition after Trump won the election. And he was an advisor to Trump later in the 2016 campaign and 2020 campaign. He particularly uh, helped to coach uh, President Trump for his debates against uh, against uh, Joe Biden. And uh, the idea that uh, uh, Chris Christie now would use whatever he found out about working very privately with President Trump in those debates to use that in debates against President Trump. Well, of course, that's kind of exciting if you're trying to write or read a political potboiler novel. But uh, does it really matter, especially when President Trump is giving every indication that assuming that he is as far ahead uh, in August as he is right now, with a commanding lead among the various Republicans who are running, there's now about a dozen of them, that uh, assuming that that is the case, uh, he has indicated he doesn't want to uh, actually participate in those debates. 
There's speculation in the New York Times by Brett Stevens and Gail Collins in their column, which they uh, – <laughs> it's a very uh, – Uh, one-sided column. The headline is Blessings to You, Chris Christie. Uh, They, of course, want to see as political reporters a rock'em, sock'em, really tough debate uh, between Chris Christie and Donald Trump. One of the things that they would debate about would be Ukraine, where, of course, there is lots of news today about a dam uh, that has uh, been breached or is dysfunctional or is pouring out water and it's near a nuclear reactor and it's causing real problems in Ukraine. Uh, One of the things that uh, Christie has made very clear is that he disagrees very strongly with both DeSantis and with President Trump on the issue of Ukraine and the importance of winning. Uh, What about a recent poll? Uh, showing the outlook for Chris Christie's campaign. We will get to that. We'll also get to conservatism anchored in optimism. What does that mean and who's promoting it? And more on the presidential race and other breaking news right here on The Medved Show. You're a nasty person. Michael Medved. show uh, today is Chris Christie day for presidential announcements uh, I do think that uh, it's likely that uh, Chris Christie is going to be um, interesting to watch uh, energetic uh, he is a good speaker he is as everybody acknowledges very smart the strange thing here is that people have to remember what a dominant figure he looked like after he won re-election. This is before 2016. And it's also before the Bridgegate uh, scandal, which is a scandal that really, really harmed his campaign and his viability in any kind of pretense of running for the presidency because uh, what he had been caught in doing was deliberately causing traffic jams on the George Washington Bridge Uh, which connects uh, New Jersey with New York City. Uh, And and he had done that because he was in the midst of going through a minor vendetta against a local official who he thought was going to endorse him, like many local officials, both Republicans and Democrats, did in his run for re-election in New Jersey, which he won handsomely. In any event, he was so peeved that it's very clear, and there were court cases about this, that he messed up the traffic in uh, uh, that particularly impacted the district of the the person on whom he wished to push revenge. Now, this is uh, typical of New Jersey politics, which is a blood sport, which has all kinds of nastiness associated with it. It's partially echoing part of what people liked about Christie, part of what happened before he ran for president in 2016. 
he had a whole series of videos of him doing town halls around the state of New Jersey and doing local meetings where he would take questions and he would tell people to shut up and sit down. And he would be pretty aggressive in answering questions. And Time Magazine ran a front page story. Uh, Jeremy, do you remember what the headline was about Chris Christie? Because they had already anointed him, and this is before the campaign even began of 2016. He was going to be the obvious candidate who was going to be the Republican hope for 2016. And they had a, um, a basically a profile, a silhouette of Chris Christie. And uh, the, uh, the headline was The Elephant in the Room. And, um, and people who like Chris Christie, including Chris Christie... I didn't particularly like that, which was an obvious reference to his weight issues. The uh, the New York Times, I mentioned to you, they have a headline that says, uh, Blessings to you, Chris Christie. And, and they first go after uh, Joe Biden, or at least Brett Stevens does. And he points out this, which is very important to keep in mind, when you're talking about what this race is going to look like, uh, whether the nominee ends up being Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or Tim Scott or Nikki Haley, I think it's very unlikely that it would be Chris Christie. But uh, Brett Stevens says only 60 percent of Democrats say they support Biden. By contrast, well over 86 percent of Republicans supported Donald Trump in June of 2019, that according to CNN polls. And the Real Clear Politics average of polls gives both Trump and Ron DeSantis an edge over the president, which is bad now when the economy is relatively strong, but will be politically catastrophic for Biden if the economy dips into recession. Democrats are placing a very big bet on a stumbling incumbent. Uh, that sound you hear is me paging Roy Cooper, governor of North Carolina, uh, Jared Polis, governor of Colorado, and Gretchen Whitmer, uh, governor of Michigan, all younger uh, and, at least in Brett Stevens' mind, uh, more viable Democratic candidates. Uh, speaking of viable candidates, uh, Tim Scott is very clearly trying to differentiate himself from the other Republicans who are running. I mean, this is a gloomy time for the country. And I think it's a, it's a very good idea on the part of Tim Scott, aside from the fact that it's good for his campaign, it's good for the company, country to actually have some voices of optimism out there, people who don't think that uh, this is the end of America. Uh, there's a piece in The Atlantic which is saying America is near collapse. I think that's overstating the, the matter to a great deal. And so does uh, Tim Scott talking about what he has to offer as a candidate, as a senator from South Carolina, as a former member of the House of Representatives, and as a prospective president. Uh, here is the uh, senator on the campaign trail, clip 16. 
Well, there's no doubt that I believe that conservatism anchored in optimism is the way that we start winning elections. Seven out of the last eight popular votes for president we have lost. The GOP, the Great Opportunity Party, has to give Americans reasons to be optimistic and to look forward, as well as defending the values that we love the most, that we know leads to human flourishing. If we do both at the same time, give America a vision for the future and defend and conserve our foundation, we become the dominant party for the next generation of Americans. Okay, I think that's true. And I think that's important. And it echoes something that Ronald Reagan originated and that Mike Huckabee used in his first presidential campaign that was a very great line, which is, I'm a conservative, but I'm not angry about it. And that idea of the angry conservative is not... It's not a great product to sell. And you can say, oh, well, what about Trump? Uh, Trump has never won a popular vote victory. Uh, and and basically, he won that first campaign and all power to him. But he did it with brilliant electoral college strategy and by a very modest uh, uh margins in states like uh, Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. In any event. Uh, the uh, the idea of trying to sell anger and desperation, well, at least Ron DeSantis is promising that he's going to fix things. What is he going to fix? We have time for, okay, we will get to it. Uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, and again, it goes along with Trump saying that he will end the war in Ukraine in 24 hours. And he won't... Tell us how to do it, because that would be a spoiler alert. No, no, we want to all be thrilled. Remember, he had also promised that we would be um, so sick of winning, would be so tired of winning, we wouldn't want to win anymore. Uh, as a Republican, I, I think it'd be nice to, really nice to kind of win this time with the right guy. And who would that likely be? Uh, we will get to that and more on The Medved Show. And in a world that is as dangerous as dangerous, as frightening as any time I've seen it in my lifetime. There is only one indispensable force for good. In the Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved show, uh, the uh, campaign intensifying, certainly with the new voices being lent to the campaign of um, of Mike Pence coming up tomorrow, Chris Christie coming up today. Uh, these are both politicians with experience, national exposure. One of the interesting things that I think is a uh, real question here is that many, many, many Americans, including this American actually including Jeremy, who's sitting across from me here in the studio, including rock star Greg Tomlin, including my my wife, with whom, yes, I do talk about politics. Um, I mean, basically, the majority of people I know are disappointed at the idea of two uh, – elderly guys, neither of whom is particularly inspiring, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, uh, being the only choices in this great and amazing country. 
The the interesting piece, and I, I think it would be fun to talk to her about it, actually, Megan McArdle of the Washington Post wrote a piece about why we are stuck with two candidates who will be at the time of the election, uh, and Biden will be 82 and Trump will be 78. And the uh, question is, why? why? Why is that happening? Is a baby boomers just not letting go? Well, you know what? Um, Joe Biden is too old to even be classified as a baby boomer. Because to be classified officially as a baby boomer, you have to be born after 1945. And that is not the case with the president of the United States. In any event, the, uh, the basic point that she makes is that the reason that Trump is so dominant in the Republican Party and that Joe Biden is absolutely dominant in the Democratic Party is because of name ID, because people know about them. Uh, people knew about Donald Trump. That was his big advantage in 2016. He had been a TV star for more than a decade. And with it was never the number one rated TV show, as he liked to say. But uh, it was a well-rated TV show. And uh, people enjoyed it. And they knew him. And they felt that they knew who he was. They knew what his character was. And they were drawn to it. And Joe Biden basically has been there since the earth cooled. He's been there since the Pleistocene era. Uh, they were they were just a big piece in all the newspapers today about this homo naledi, which is a, uh, a new form of human ancestor, they think. These are little short people with very small brains, but they had... Uh, a great deal of skill. They did funerals. They drew inscriptions on the wall. They did things that we don't usually associate with non-human uh, primates. Uh, and uh, I was reading all about who these people were like. I was, yeah, ask, ask Joe Biden. He would, he he would know. They they lived three hundred thousand years ago. Some people say two hundred fifty thousand years ago. So it's not realistic that Joe Biden would have contact with them. The The point about all of this is that when you talk about the, the fact that there are very few people, I think, who are excited in a positive way about the upcoming election, uh, that's partially because some of the statements that are made flat out by politicians and I will do this on the first day and the first day that I'm president, uh, we are going to fix this. And first day, we're going to uh, build a wall. First day, uh, well, okay, Ron DeSantis is basically going in that direction. And it's it's silliness. Uh, here is uh, Ron DeSantis on the border crisis. Uh, listen, this is clip 17. I've heard as a Republican talk about this southern border for years and years and years. I will finally be the president to bring this issue to a conclusion. We will shut the border down. We will build a border wall. We will end mass migration into this country. And we will hold the Mexican drug cartels accountable for the carnage they have unleashed on the American people. Okay, we will end mass migration to this country. 
Does does anyone honestly believe that that is possible? What what are you gonna you're gonna reach for that big lever that um, President Obama and and President Trump and President Bush nobody nobody else could find that lever under the resolute desk where you pull the lever and boom that closes the border. Uh, the idea is that one of the things when you talk about people who are here without authorization, people who are here without documentation, people who are the illegals. It has been for more than a decade very clear, and no one can challenge this, that the majority of people who are here illegally actually got here legally and overstayed their welcome. There are people who had visas or were coming for travel, theoretically, or but somehow uh, they they stayed when they shouldn't. And the idea that you are going to build up uh, such a, a, a robust search uh, for people without the appropriate papers, it's, uh, again, DeSantis is a smart guy. He's a monumentally smart guy. And uh, then he, this is something else he's going to do on day one. Uh, not only, quote, build a wall, which is, uh, again, not a- an easy solution. It, is it a good idea to have the kind of barrier that President Bush started to build, that Obama continued to build? Yes, we should have barriers that work. It's helpful. But the idea that we're going to shut down immigration, no more mass migration, because uh, Governor DeSantis has said so, and then he says this about woke indoctrination in the American military. This is clip 18. I'm Listen. proud to have served in the United States Navy and done a tour in Iraq. And the people I served with were honorable, patriotic people. For you veterans in the crowd, thank you for your service. I think all of us have a sense of pride in being able to wear the cloth of your country. But we've seen the military become politicized in recent years. You see woke agenda being imposed on it. On day one as commander-in-chief, I rip it all out. We're getting the military back to basics. We're going to improve morale, and we're going to get people to want to join the military again. Okay, again, is that a worthy goal, to get people to want to join the military again? Yes, we have a real problem with recruiting and finding the people that we need for the military. But... uh, the the idea that again it's uh, we're we're just going to do it we're going to rip it all out and we're going to do it on day one, how is that going to work? Uh, Nikki Haley uh, then actually indicated that even though she didn't mention Trump's name, she disagreed with Trump about offering congratulations to Kim Jong Un in North Korea. She clearly disagreed with Trump on Ukraine, but she didn't mention his name. Uh, she did uh, attack. Another candidate. Which one other than Trump? Uh, well, <laughs> it's it's somebody who's been getting a lot of attack because it's Ron DeSantis and attacking him over what? Uh, an area where I think he is vulnerable, particularly among Republicans. Is uh, Also, is he vulnerable for the fight that just broke out in Florida? It was a vicious fight, uh, a bloody fight. A dangerous fight. 
during a screening of a popular movie in Orlando. Which movie provoked the audience into violent rage? We will get that uh, to you. Coming up on the... And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, there is a great deal of excitement about a new swag that is being offered by the DeSantis campaign. Uh, Of course, uh, President Trump did very well selling and distributing, mostly selling, uh, the uh, MAGA caps, the Make America Great Again caps. And uh, they still are an icon of American politics. It was remarkably identifiable, the bright red color, and, uh, okay, very much associated with President Trump and his presidency and his campaigns for office and even his campaign to return to office and return to the White House. But uh, uh, Ron DeSantis, I just had a, a look at it, apparently he's selling a jacket which is much more expensive and obviously a more elaborate thing than uh, just a cap. And the jacket on it has a large picture, large image of an alligator. And, uh, of course, uh, Florida well-known for its alligator and and for gators generally, the football team uh, for University of Florida. But in any event... The uh, the alligator is there, and the inscription is DeSantis for president, and then it says Florida, uh, where woke goes to die. Okay, they're going to um, be killing woke down there. And I think it was Jimmy Kimmel who, uh, <laughs> who actually he commented, he said, Florida, where woke goes, as Florida, where everybody goes to die. I mean, basically, a lot of people, particularly people from New York, uh, who are leaving New York or going uh, predominantly to Tampa and Orlando, Florida, not so much the uh, Miami area. But uh, in any event, there's a story from Orlando that uh, actually has not yet been blamed on DeSantis. But we're in the middle of a campaign, so it will be. First of all, Nikki Haley from a nearby South Carolina during her town hall on CNN uh, actually went after Governor DeSantis on one of the issues in which I think he's particularly vulnerable. Uh, listen, this is clip 19. Here you have DeSantis, who accepted 50,000 in political contributions from Disney. He went and put their executives and their lobbyists on prominent boards throughout Florida. And he went and basically gave the highest corporate subsidies in Florida history to Disney. But because they went and criticized him, now he's going to spend taxpayer dollars on a lawsuit. It's just like all this vendetta stuff. We've been down that road again. We can't go down that. Businesses were my partners in South Carolina. We didn't always get along. And I, you know, Luckily, South Carolina is very anti-woke. But when you have a company like that, don't bring the citizens' taxpayer dollars into it. Pick up the phone, deal with it, settle it the way you should. And I just think he's being hypocritical in that. Okay, and again, given the fact that Republicans, I think, are instinctively uh, pro-business, okay, here is a, um, a story 
And uh, it's a, a story from Hollywood uh, about a film that was so violent, uh, so explosive, uh, so over the line that a, uh, a terrible brawl broke out during a screening. And it was in Florida. A vicious fight broke out at a uh, cinema screening. This is a, a from the British press. As uh, uh, screening patrons demanded a refund. Uh, during the screening of uh, this film in Orlando, Florida, a group of adults caused a disruption, bringing the cinema to a standstill. The incident captured on video shows these adults engaging in a heated argument right in front of a theater that was packed with children. Uh-huh. The footage reveals the adults standing up and shouting at each other, completely blocking the view of the screen for others in the audience. Uh, sensing the inappropriate nature of the situation, a witness can be heard expressing her dissatisfaction, saying, I need a refund. We need a refund. This is a kid's movie, she adds. This was a screening of Little Mermaid. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, this is not... Uh, this is not a, um, uh, it's not even the Batman uh, across the Spider-Verse, pardon me, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. This is Little Mermaid, which, yes, it, it has a mean uh, witch played by Melissa McCarthy, but she's funny rather than deeply terrifying. Uh, whether they got a refund or not, um, they didn't, apparently. Shortly afterwards, a man is heard attempting to defuse the tension and put an end to the argument. It is unclear what caused the fight. Uh, can you speculate? Anyone who's seen the film? Uh, it's a very successful film, and, and I think a, a, a very good film and not worth fighting over. Um, I'll tell you what, what is worth fighting over and taking a look at is um, part of what is going on with the campaign for president of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. The uh, headline in the New York Times, he he just had a, a, a chat with, uh, with Elon Musk on Twitter spaces. And apparently the Twitter spaces worked better than uh, with DeSantis. Now, I would have thought that uh, it was pretty clear that Elon Musk was backing uh, Ron DeSantis. But uh, no, he, uh, he obviously has a very positive feeling about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. The uh, headline in the New York Times uh, says very directly, in chat with Musk, Kennedy pushes right-wing ideas and misinformation. What misinformation? What right-wing ideas? Uh, we will we will get to that because it's fairly amazing. Tulsi Gabbard was there too, who was someone who has obviously left the Democratic Party. Her future appears to be on conservative media and in the conservative world. And I think it's striking that e even today, with whatever you want to say are some problems with the Republican Party and its divisions and its challenges and some of the things that need improvement. When you have uh, people who go from 
us one established party to another established party, it is almost always a people leaving the Democrats and joining the Republicans. That's one of those things that happened in North Carolina recently, giving uh, the Republicans control of one house of the state legislature. It happened in West Virginia, where the leading candidate, really, for Senate in West Virginia is the governor, who used to be a Democrat, Jim Justice. He is now a, a, a pro-Trump Republican. And, uh, and again, with Tulsi Gabbard, I don't believe that she has joined the Republican Party, but she certainly seems to be headed in that direction. Uh, we will get to that. We will also get to some shocking news that uh, has appeared in one of America's leading magazines that uh, actually suddenly, for reasons that people don't fully understand, the murder rate has started going down. Why is that? What, what happened there? Why, after all of the difficulties that we have, is the murder rate suddenly falling? Uh, we'll be talking about that coming right up on the Medved Show. We'll also be talking about the campaigns of Nikki Haley and Tim Scott and Mike Pence and Chris Christie and particularly of Robert Kennedy Jr. It's worth listening to some of his conversation um, with um, Elon Musk, uh, which the New York Times believes uh, actually promotes right-wing ideas. And that for America's best-known liberal Democratic family. Uh, do you remember when, when uh, Ted Kennedy challenged Jimmy Carter? It was very much challenging Jimmy Carter from the left of the Democratic Party. It didn't go very well for Ted Kennedy. Uh, how is it going for Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? Well, he now is, according to all the polling, over 20% of the Democratic voters are moving in his direction. Uh, also, CNN has uh, tried to smear uh, Ron DeSantis because of uh, a dinner that he had, a private dinner. No, it has nothing to do with Ye or Nick Fuentes or anybody anti-Semitic at all. It has to do with the dinner with a great American. Which one? We'll tell you all about it in this greatest nation on God's green earth.